0: Macy Gage from the Tangentialist blog digs up and discusses events and experiences from her own collaged history on having a stigmatized condition known as bipolar. She relates, reflects, and refocuses it into infectiously funny anecdotes and amusing stories that will have you in stitches. Being a roaming artist, a roaming distracted artist, that reinvents and reimagines her goals constantly, this podcast takes you down a twisting rabbit hole of icons and avenues of slightly familiar yet offbeat occurrences. Join her every other week as she delves into her own bizarre memory banks, pulling out some eccentric moments that capture the intimacy on the ups and downs of this disorder lived out in her electric days of her rebellious youth. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tangentalist podcast and let's just jump right into it. So I left you last episode with uh, how Jake and I had decided to go out west and I'd gone out west with him in a Volkswagen camper van and we had an apartment and I got a, a job out there and everything but things got a little crazy because we had roommates and, and things just became became a little unsettled. We were... I don't know. Somehow there was there was distance with us, and maybe it was the new place that we were in. Maybe he'd met somebody else. I don't know what happened. Just uh, decided to, to leave once I once I lost my job. I was laid off, and and so I managed to get a, a a flight back to Ontario. And when I came back, I realized I was pregnant, and that was that was quite a shock. Uh, so yeah, I just I didn't know how to handle it or how to just process it. And so the automatic thing that I thought to do was to tell the father and I guess in most people's eyes that makes sense but if you knew this this person you probably would have been like no don't <laughs> he he's bad news he's he's you know he's he's going to take advantage of you or or, or whatever if you'd known him well what I thought I wanted at that time with my with my teenage mind was to have an abortion, and I'm so glad I wasn't able to follow through with it, because that's killing a life, and I, I just couldn't do that. A lot of women have actually done it, and, and you know, under the circumstances, they've, it's it's had, to, it's something they had to do, and I, I don't know, I just, I couldn't do it, and, and I feel better that I didn't, but... Well, I had to come up with a plan and I I met someone that uh, could help me hopefully with adoption and her name was Jenny Painter and I really thought, hey, this really makes sense. She's really going to help me. She's a painter. (laughs) I I made this loose connection with the uh, semantics and all that. I I thought, oh, this is really going to work out for me. And she helped me find four different families and and I had their backgrounds and the photos and and descriptions of, of what life with with this, this family would be like, and how it would be an open adoption, and and it just it, everything just seemed too rosy, too too perfect. So, so of course, it didn't, it didn't come true. Uh, but what happened was, I, I went into labor and. And Maureen and I, she drove me to the to the hospital, and probably about halfway there, we were stopped by the railroad tracks, and it was like, oh no, what's gonna happen if I if I actually go into you know full on giving birth right there? And then it was just kind of a, kind of a, a laugh right then, but but yeah, we managed to to make it through and get to the hospital. The hospital in Brockville and, and while I was in labor all night and, and we had to keep some security guards by the door because I didn't, I didn't want Jake there. I just, he, he hadn't been there for me. He wasn't supportive. He was not, he was not helpful in this, in this, um, pregnancy for me so I just thought you know what I want to be by myself I want this to be a special time for for Maureen and I and and share that and and well anyway it was it was a difficult a difficult I guess endeavor (laughs) or the experience uh and I just yeah I just I gave birth really early in the morning and it was, it was odd because it was, it was right across the street from my high school and, and I heard the kids outside getting ready for their first day of school and it was just like, oh wow, you know, here's me doing an adult thing. Isn't this strange? But, but yeah, I was like, okay, well this, here, here it was, this, this baby, right? And well, the obstetrician said to me, do you want to hold, hold him? And I don't know. I just automatically said no. And I, I, I originally thought that this was me thinking of him and and, and making sure that he wasn't going to have an emotional connection with me because I knew that I wasn't going to be there for him. I wasn't going to be able to be a support for him. I wanted to protect him. And this is what I thought back then. But someone who in, in recent years has become sort of a sister to me has said that, no, you know what? You are actually protecting yourself too. And I, I didn't even think of it like that. But but that's, that's what happened. Right. So I, I, I said, no, 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 I'm okay. Just, just clean him up, take him away kind of thing. I don't even know if I had that that much sense enough to say that because, well, I was on, on some Demerol then, so I don't even know how coherent I was. So they took him away and, and, and I just felt disgusting after I felt like a deflated tire and, and just, and just pretty, pretty disgusting. And just, I just felt used up. I felt just, yeah, I felt like a vessel and I didn't, I didn't like that. By that point, I really, really did not have a plan because, as I said, I was trying to go ahead with the adoption uh, for, for this child that I had given birth to because it was my body. And, and at that time in 1996, I, I didn't realize that there was there was anything that could stop me. But as I found out from my lawyer that morning, he said to me that I needed permission from Jake to give this child up. There was no way that that was going to happen. I just thought, well, that's, that's all I can really do for him. I was trying to give him the best life that he could have. And, and really, I had no way of making sure of that other than giving him to the the father who wouldn't give me permission to give him a better life. But again, that's a whole other story. And we, we need to get to the brain injury that happened. So so after this, this child was born and I gave him to his father, Jake, and he, as I said, he, he gave him to his mother and, and just kind of used him for a little while to get to me, which I really didn't, I'm not really of a motherly kind of person I was just like okay you know like I I really there was no connection for me to uh the being a mother or or feeling that that um maternal instinct I didn't I didn't have that so it was just it was really foreign to me and I didn't I really didn't know what to do with this this what he was trying to sort of manipulate me into becoming and after that uh I'd finished some school at, at the high school I managed to get into to the first semester that had just started and I ended up going for that uh, fall semester and into the spring as well and and then when we were finishing in the spring there was a trip that was being scheduled by the school for the graduating class to go to Canada's Wonderland which is a, a nationally recognized theme park in Vaughan, Canada just north of Toronto and so we were all excited we're like yeah yeah let's go you know let's this will be fun and well most people were just taking the uh, provided school bus but of course Jake was still trying to get back into my life and well I couldn't say no and I was such an emotional wreck after the birth I didn't have the postpartum but I, I obviously felt felt pretty weird of after giving birth and, and trying to get back into school and well I did but getting back into school and feeling like I fit in and, and just being comfortable in my own skin was was a difficult thing and well when when a guy I thought I loved, for a few years now, he was right there. He was always making sure that he was he was in my life and and just you know knowing the right things to say and, and providing me with some some really fun times and and just yeah he was he was convenient is what he was and I wasn't able to say no or or be able to put up boundaries. Uh, I can say that it was a connection, but it was really just probably pheromones and and reputations and, and well imagined reputations. That's for sure because he was so much older. Than me and it was how I think I perceived how other people saw us together or... or I think my friends thought it was kind of, wow, she's dating an older guy. He's a drug dealer. It just, it seemed like it was something that was, that was looked at in a positive light. But in, in reality, I think it was more the pheromones and the thinking that narcissism is actually an attractive quality when really it's not. It's just someone that is sort of a sociopath rather than a, an actual well-adjusted human being. But anyway, (laughs) I don't want to get into what our relationship was all about. It was more what happened because of the relationship that we had. I guess the months after the child that I had was born, uh, Jake was trying to use him. He really thought that the maternal instinct. He really thought that that I was be like that and that I would become maternal and and motherly and I'd want the baby and I'd and and we could just sort of live quote happily ever after. But that that's not me. That just I, I couldn't do that. I, I I never really had that that instinct ever when I was when I was a little girl when when people. Wanted Wanted to play house. It was more like, can I be the auntie or the sister? <laughs> like I, I never, I never really thought that way. Uh, and maybe that will anger people or upset people. But that's, that's just not who I am. And there's nothing that I can do about that. Uh, and it still hasn't changed as Jake was was uh, sort of weaving his way back into my life, which I, I wasn't restricting him in any way. I was just like, yeah, okay, you know, you're familiar. We have this history together. We, we had this sort of connection that's probably pheromones. But back then I just, I was, I was foolish and I was getting caught up in the the hormones and pheromones and, and the fun of, of being a teenager and being rebellious and volatile. That's That's a word I learned he was, he was weaving his way back into my life. And while he was doing that, as I said, late spring, early summer, there was this trip that was being organized by the school for the graduating class. And and that was, that was my class. And and it was to go to Canada's Wonderland, this nationally recognized theme park in Vaughan, Canada, just north of Toronto. So there was this school bus and, and, you know, people were paying a certain amount to get the pass into Wonderland. And and, you know, everybody was going to be doing this, but, but Jake, I, I don't know if it was Jake or me or both of us had this great idea. Let's just, let's just rent a car and let's have a fun, a fun trip going down there just on our own. And let's get some friends together and see if we can just go down on our own. And, and so he, we did that. I don't remember any of this though. I remember a couple of weeks before when my friend Gwen was uh, having this sort of dinner party at her house and we were all dressed up and I don't think it was for my birthday. I think it was just, you know, a fun dinner party. And that was, like I said, a couple of weeks before. And then May 23rd was when this, this trip was for. And I heard later from the passenger that was in the car. We ended up being able to get a friend of mine from my art class, Veronica, to join us. And she, she told me after on the phone that we had, we'd picked her up and that we were on the road. <laughs> we ended up getting going to the beer store and getting some beer in cans and as soon as she said beer in cans I said oh I hate beer in cans and she said exactly that's exactly what you said oh I don't drink beer in cans or I hate beer in cans and so we just laughed and, and then she she told me that Jake had said that he wanted to pull over and, and do some lines of ecstasy because he had some in the trunk and he just I guess I, I didn't have any resistance towards this because, because yeah he, he did that he pulled over and, and sort of cut up a few lines of, of ecstasy and and allowed veronica to go first and and then i i did some and neither of us finished ours and then jake finished his uh, a much bigger line and and the rest of ours and then we got we got back on the road and just after we did the lines i'm i'm not even sure when exactly but he said to me when i put my feet on the dash if you're gonna do that why don't you just take your seatbelt off, hop in the back seat? So I did that. I I took my seatbelt off and hopped in the back seat with Veronica, but I didn't put my seatbelt back on. And then that's when the accident happened. I heard from my high school librarian who was a couple cars behind. She said that the car that we were in wasn't involved with any other, any other car in the accident, what actually happened was Jake lost control of the car and went towards the meridian and hit the meridian. And then the car flipped once and then turned over right side up and just stopped. Everybody else was fine in the car. It was just some bumps and scrapes and everything. But I was found in the passenger seat, crumpled up sort of where the feet go. I don't even know what what part of the car that's called where I flew over his head and he reminded me after more than once that I hit him on the back of the head and gave him this nasty bump. Yeah, that's important when I'm the one with the traumatic brain injury. (laughs) But yes, this is what narcissists are like. Yeah, he he definitely tried to make me feel guilty. He's definitely one of those guilt throwers. Definitely don't be a catcher of guilt. That's that's definitely not uh, something that's going to help you in life. He... um, he was fine veronica was was fine and i was i was found at the, the the passenger side underneath the dashboard and so what i'd actually done is i'd flew over like i said jake's head hit the dashboard most likely going 140 kilometers an hour because, well, the speed limit is 100, but but people often go between 120 and 140 on this highway, especially, I I would imagine, if they're inebriated. Yeah, I was taken to Belleville Hospital and they couldn't handle it, so they sent me to Kingston Hospital. And I was in ICU for a week when I was in in a, in a coma for that week. and after that, I was taken to St Mary's by the lake, I think is the hospital. It was a great it was a great hospital because they had a lot of great doctors there to assist me with getting better. But yeah, this is where I got my my brain injury that ended up morphing into bipolar. I, I don't maybe that's not a good word for it, but I, I don't know what the term is for it, but the traumatic brain injury. CBI for short, is what made me become bipolar. The insights for this episode, not necessarily trust your in- instincts, especially when you're a teenager. What you need to do is step back from things, probably daily is a good idea, but weekly is if that's better, if that seems like you have more time. Just step back from your life, your situation, your you're everything just step back and 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 just just assess everything and say is everything going the way it should or am I comfortable with how things are progressing or, or are these relationships really benefiting me in the long run or, or you know is, is this person actually not the best person for me right now or you know assess where you are in life and uh, or for that week or, or for that that uh, day whatever whatever you feel is is most appropriate for you for that time time so thank you glorious humanoids for tuning in and i'll see you next time and this is what i will go into great deal with in the next episode as i take you down another rabbit hole of my heady days of my rebellious youth tripped up by disorder thank you glorious humanoids for tuning in folding up these anecdotes i express them to you and i give them for you to enjoy and consider as i reflect and remodel and re-engage what the future has for me on these social platforms. See you next time on The Tangentialist.